Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Stratford here to set up today's show. We'll talk about Starbucks and Arizona State University, their partnership over the past five years to get Starbucks baristas through college and where those students are today and where the next cohort and the cohorts beyond will go. We'll discuss that with Tarlin Ray, Melissa Griffith, and Frank Jones. As always, it's Mike Palmer and myself right here on Trending in Education. Mike, how are you doing on this fine day? I'm good. I didn't uh, quite partake in a Starbucks coffee this afternoon, but we are recording uh, in the late afternoon, my time, and I was able to have a, a lovely uh, cold brew uh, prior to, to this, uh, this endeavor. So I'm hoping that, uh, that my $5 coffee uh, bears fruit, and, uh, and I'm excited to, to get our buddy friend of the show, Tarlin Ray, back on. Tarlin. I'm so excited to be here. And total podcast fail. Didn't connect the dots between what the topic and the fact that I should have gone out to get a Starbucks. So this could, who knows what happen, will happen, but we'll see how this goes. But well, thank you, you for having me back. Yeah. And you're on Pacific time, right? So, uh, so, so you may be pre-afternoon uh, crash. Yeah, right? A little 1 p.m. green tea would have been nice. Yeah. I mean, a little matcha, you know. <laughs> We will check in with Tarlin after the fact, see if he uh, gets a, a caffeine rush at some point after recording this podcast. But what we're touching on, as I said, is uh, the five-year anniversary. And Mike, uh, we talked recently about uh, Amazon, what Amazon is doing uh, with their workforce, Facebook. We've talked about other corporations as well, investing in their workers. Uh, this is something from five years ago. The cohort has data now, so we can start to see results, see what has come of this program for Starbucks and Arizona State University Online. Any high-level takeaways or, or things that you find most interesting about where this program now sits and how it is somewhat of a leader in the you know, private and public partnership that seems to be growing for corporations? Uh, yeah, and I don't want to steal our, uh, our illustrious guests' uh, hot takes, uh, so, so I'll, try, I'll, try to, I'll try to give, uh, give Tarlin his room. But, uh, but, you know, it's called their College Achievement Plan, uh, started in 2014, as you said, Dan, five years in, uh, partnership with ASU Online. Uh, so, you know, it's definitely an example of where uh, online education uh, is cheaper and uh, maybe a little more flexible to, uh, to Starbucks workforce. Uh, so, and then ASU uh, Online uh, has a pretty... Uh, wide reputation for driving this, this sort of innovation. So I think the public-private partnership you talked about was really interesting. Um, I also think, you know, 3,000 uh, graduates just uh, got their BAs. Uh, and uh, I also like the no strings attached angle to the program as well, where it's not uh, in exchange for this, uh, there's an expectation that folks will stay with Starbucks um, uh, or will be required to stay with Starbucks. And they are finding that folks who participate in this program are, uh, are getting promoted more, they are staying longer. Um, so it is, uh, it is sort of what a modern organization will do to engage with its workforce. Uh, and then I think in particular, an organization like Starbucks, I mean, you have a lot of, uh, a lot of employees to begin with, and uh, many of them don't have bachelor's degrees. So like, I think that is another um, interesting angle where, you know, a lot of the research is indicating that a bachelor's degree is, is really a, a, a door opener into uh, your earning potential and other uh, higher level career prospects, whether within an organization like Starbucks or, or anywhere in the world. Um, and, 
you know, it's nice to see that uh, Starbucks and NASU ha are understanding some of the upside here. And a lot of the upside really is, is even what we're doing right now. The fact that we're talking about it is uh, really elevating both of their brands. And um, yeah, I think there's a lot to chew on here. I'd love to, I'd love to hear what our, uh, what our uh, uh, lovely and illuminating uh, guest uh, am I allowed to call you lovely? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll... sure. I'm comfortable. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's 2019. Sure. So, uh, so what are your what are your thoughts, uh, now, Charlie? Let's just think about the dollars first. Dollars in and out, and out. So let's talk about the three parts of this of this equation. So ASU, what does it do for them? Um, it is an easier way, of, a cheaper way for them to recruit people to their online program. Mm -hmm. So that, that's additional revenue. Yes, they're contributing 42 percent of the of the tuition amount but it's it the cost of customer acquisition online and bring driving people to your programs is is very expensive today mm -hmm. so win for them and i'm i don't mean to be cynical but let's just talk about dollars and cents um when it comes to starbucks it's a great recruiting um mechanism um so whether or not you believe um, there's going to be uh, Starbucks workers or gig economy workers or not, or they're more transient. I don't have the numbers to show how long Starbucks workers will stay, mm -hmm. but we know that and, um, early on they had great benefits and just a way to attract people to the Starbucks family. So mm -hmm. from a recruiting standpoint, we know it's hard to recruit and find good talent. It's another way. So they, they're lowering their costs there. So ASU is making more money on the top. Starbucks lowering their costs. And then from the student perspective, to get access, to have a BA, we know how expensive it is. We know the rising student debt. So for them, there is, they're, they're effectively, as long as they stay in program and graduate, they're effectively leaving debt-free, which is an amazing opportunity. People who are leaving school with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt mm -hmm. are starting behind. And depending on the programs or the professions they go into, it almost as if they can never catch up to that debt burden. So just the dollars and cents, it's a super interesting program. Looking at it five years later, um, it makes sense. Um, there's a, there's a whiff them for everyone. There's a what's in it for me for all parties. So it makes mm -hmm. sense. It's uh, to your point, Tarlin, also about recruitment uh, note here in the Ed Surge article that recounts the past five years saying that the, Workforce at Starbucks has 12,000 employees enrolled in ASU classes as of spring 2019, accounting for 27% of all students in their online program. So a, a large section of their uh, classes coming from Starbucks, coming from this program. And what I found really intriguing also is it's not just ASU and, and the program for a degree. They also have remedial courses. So if someone doesn't meet the standards for Arizona State University, they will not be admitted, but they created a program between Starbucks and ASU to get those 20% up to the level so they could take the courses, so they could be admitted. So this isn't just the, the sort of line in the sand. If you don't have the credentials, you're not getting in. They're making that extra effort, it would seem here, to make it accessible to more employees, which seems, again, from a, a PR perspective, a branding perspective, but also a return on investment in, in spec perspective to be a, a great move by both of these organizations. I agree with the, the accessibility. So that's one thing right, we haven't, I haven't talked about, but um, great for Starbucks to um, be committed since 2014 to make to believe that education needs to be more accessible, more diverse population. If you look at sort of the, the program that students can go through if they're not currently qualified, I think they have to have a C, C minus in a class in order to continue. So I'm just wondering, this, this we'll get to later in the conversation 
the and, so we've got five years and what's, what's next for those individuals? Mm -hmm. Like what is someone is a full C average and then go with the BA sounds good on paper, but then what are they able to do? Because ultimately the reason that we're all going to get our bachelor's degrees is um, 66% of students have, or you have a, uh, your, your uh, salary would be 66% greater than those who do not have a bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And so if you have sort of standards at a C level all the way through, is that true? And so I appreciate opening up the funnel to more students, but I'm curious of what happened at the end of the line once someone graduated. And in particular, once someone graduated with, it says ASU online and not ASU. I'm a huge proponent of online education. I still remember in 2012, I think it was 2012 Christmas, UC Berkeley for the first time because students could not, it was so crowded, could not get the classes they needed. They allowed students to actually take an online class and get the same credit as if they were in class, which I thought was a huge moment for the online industry. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Those students will still uh, graduate with the UC Berkeley degree. I'm curious what the, UC, what the ASU online means. Mm -hmm. It means something to the person that's graduated. What does it mean? The last piece of that equation are the, is the, are the corporation, the employers. How are they consuming these, this three, the 3,000 students that have graduated from this program? And are they seeing it in, in the same way? My yeah. hope is they are. Right. Well, it's also interesting because you, you got to imagine Starbucks is valuing that degree. So like for some subset of these graduates, they'll be advancing within Starbucks. And it'd be un interesting to understand how Starbucks treats their ASU online graduates and how that, you know, opens up opportunities for promotion. They were saying many of these folks, uh, you know, they get promoted at a higher rate than folks who weren't in the program. Uh, so, so I think that's true. But what you're getting at, Tyler, which I think is really interesting is um, what happens to the people who don't stay with Starbucks? And uh, even if they're promoted within Starbucks, you know, how long do they stay with the company, uh, you know, in a world where workforce uh, turnover is becoming much more the norm, you know, getting this degree through this program likely will retain talent longer, but they will move on. And when they do move on, how will, uh, how will the online degree uh, be treated? I did think, uh, you know, Rebecca Koenig is the, the name of the, the, the author of the EdSurge article. I think she did a nice job um, you know, sort of summarizing the, the full, um, some, some of the fuller uh, implications of, of the article. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, even the, the remedial program that you were talking about, Dan, um, that's built uh, on top of the ASU Online Freshman Academy. So like ASU's already been um, working with a similar program for its broader uh, online university, you know, maybe there is something to be learned there. Like how has the freshman academy cohort performed? You know, that's obviously something that a ASU Online is trying to sort of uh, continue to develop. And then those graduates who made it in through the, the, um, the equivalent of the freshman academy, I think it was one in five of, uh, of the Starbucks employees who qualified for this program. Uh, one in five of them didn't get the grades necessary to get in. So then they got into this remedial program. Um, it would be interesting to measure both, uh, both cohorts, really, like the group who didn't need that extra remediation and then the group who did. Um, and then the group who did, 
uh, in many ways, had there not been that remedial program available to them, uh, they do highlight the story of one of those kids in, in the article, uh, young adults uh, in the article, uh, is, uh, you know, it's, it is interesting that he, um, you know, something new has been opened up to him and in a traditional organization or like typically the way these programs work is you need to qualify uh, to get in. And uh, one of the, the comments that I thought was really interesting in the article is that the mission here, I think on both sides, on Starbucks side and on ASU side, is that they want to uh, erode the notion of exclusivity around higher education. And I, I think that, you know, that's kind of speaking to part of what I think you're talking about there, Tarlin, where like you want to erode that, uh, perception that access is very difficult these you know it's really hard to get a get a bachelor's degree and that is sort of this um you know a hurdle that you need to get past to open up uh outcomes in your life but you know at what point will we have enough data about these graduates to understand whether they actually achieve the outcomes they they were looking for because i think you know this was the first uh the first 3000 graduates their goal is to get 25,000 graduates by 2025, uh, which means they're gonna be pumping out a lot of these employees. Um, do you think the, the, the main focus will be for advancement within Starbucks or do you think they're, uh, they're sort of anticipating that turnover and, uh, and uh, sort of the implications for, for these folks really throughout their life when they move beyond Starbucks? So I'll answer that, but I, I, I think you made an interesting point about erode, eroding the notion of exclusivity. They're doing that sort of within their purview, which is sort of their, from a college and university perspective. Mm -hmm. I'm asking and pushing um, ASU, which made this bold, took this bold step in 2014, and people thought it was crazy. Yeah, okay, that's interesting, and that's cool, and who's actually going to do that? To actually connect the dots to corporations to make sure that they are eroding the notion of exclusivity, mm. depending on which school you came from. And until that happens, there will be limits to where employees, depending on where you started, will be able to go. And that's why we, we're going to still have this divide, because unless you go to the top 50 schools, wherever you name it, or an employer is looking, I want to know whether the online education means something to an employer, potential employer, uh, hiring, um, hiring manager as the ASU or mm -hmm. Arizona. I hope it would. You basically had an individual that is working full time and going to school to get it. That shows a ton of grit. It's mm -hmm. a ton of situativeness. So, but that, that's, that's the missing piece. Your question, because I wanted to answer my own question. Your question again was, uh, it's all good, man. It's all good. What's a question, really? But uh, but no, I, I think the the interesting thing you're touching on there too. There was there was some discussion since this launch that uh, Walmart, Disney, Taco Bell, and JetBlue all have um, established similar programs. And I know your and, question. What's that? I know your question now. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, we'll get there. Right, one, one second. Oh, you're gonna forget it again. This will be delightful. But um, but I think it, it, you know. Is it more like within the organization or is it designed to help them outside? Because like if enough of the, you know, if you look and listen to that list, Walmart, the biggest employer, uh, you know, in, in the U.S., uh, you know, obviously Starbucks is a, is a big employer, Disney, Taco Bell, JetBlue. If these programs work even just within those large organizations, um, 
you know, by virtue of establishing a program like this, one of the expressed goals was to remove the stigma of online education. So, you know, in a sense, doing that even within, just within their own organization may start to move the needle. Although I think your point's a fair one where like, what happens when, uh, you know, an ASU online degree is compared to a student who went to ASU in person? You know, how, how is the perception uh, on the side of the hiring manager evolving and how far have, have we gotten? I, I think that's an interesting question. Um, what was my question? You remembered it. You're, you're asking whether or not um, Starbucks has an expectation to, um, once students get through the programs, graduate, the expectation they're going to stay with Starbucks or they are preparing for them to leave. Yeah, or for how long, yeah. And for how long. I, I imagine, and I don't mean to go the math and numbers, but I imagine they already know how long the average tenure of, tenure of a Starbucks employee is. Right. With this program, they probably will see that these students, these employees are staying longer. Mm -hmm. So they've already won from that perspective because they're not going back out to recruit. Right. They have someone who's more well-trained, they're engaged. And so there's an opportunity to retain them. But I also think there's probably a limited, if people are also looking for continued growth, there's a limited places that they can go if they're going to stay strictly within their retail location, if they're going to travel outside to go to different Starbucks locations to run as a manager, or if they're ultimately going to go to corporate. Right. So there's probably a limited pipeline. There's, there's a pipeline, but a limited pipeline for everyone. But right. I can imagine and not to be cynical that they probably retain these employees longer and you start to see their average tenure of a Starbucks employee go up right. because of this, which is another benefit to them. Yep. The other programs, other companies, I think that's just a signal to say, you're not producing, you're not training or providing education for students in the way we'd like to see it. So we have to get more involved in education, whether it's post-secondary or maybe even start bleeding down mm -hmm. to ensure that we have a better population of future employees that we can tap into mm -hmm. that are either the Amazon learning something about um, our AWS or right. if you're Google server, whatever it is, so that we feel like um, we had some hand in what they're learning. Yeah. Um, because there is some, some believe there is a disconnect between the theoretical and the practical that's happening on ground and moving super fast especially when it comes to uh, technology. Right. Yeah, and we didn't get your take on, you know, our Amazon, Amazon we, we talked about the Amazon similar program, although slightly different in that um, Amazon is facing uh, much sooner than many of these other organizations, some of the challenges around automation and the future of work. So uh, it didn't seem as though Starbucks was as concerned around, uh, you know, these jobs really going away, being replaced through automation. But I did think it was interesting for organizations like Starbucks, or sorry, like Amazon, or um, organizations maybe more involved in uh, trucking or uh, other industries that are being uh, more fundamentally disrupted by automation and machine learning and these things. Um, do you have any perspective uh, on that? Uh, you know, we spent a little time with uh, with uh, Melissa Melissa Griffith on that topic, but uh, it does seem uh, pretty closely related. I think it's slightly different in that, um, in some ways, there is a bit of an obligation for the organization whose workforce will ultimately be displaced to continue to develop them. 
Um, but in some ways, there, there is some similarity here in that um, it's becoming table stakes for big organizations to invest in uh, the training and development of their workforce. Uh, any thoughts on, on Amazon's uh, news recently of similar investment around their machine learning university and uh, you know, developing their, their own workforce around things like AWS? Yeah, I just think it's not surprising that they're thinking about the next revolution that's happening. Um, while Starbucks is not just in a different field, they're still trying to support sort of the current um, sort of mindset, which is go to college. And that's, that's the path for success. Amazon can see as they're already disrupting numerous industries that there's going to be a world as they have automatic automated pickers, as they're looking at drone delivery Mm -hmm. or a big influx, a big population of their of employee base, we, they will not need. And they will not blink when they actually displace them. So um, I think it's great for Amazon to do that. Um, I spend less time engaged in that article to see sort of what's the actual fit, are the skills they're, they're gaining to then support other organizations in Amazon, using Amazon services, do they see it as a way to do backfill, essentially lower level roles within their own organization? Mm -hmm. um, if it was the former, I think that's harder. It goes to the same bridge that you need to build between the ASU online um, diploma and employer saying, I think that's worthwhile. And or an Amazon, let's call it AWS certificate. And someone say, okay, you were trained by Amazon, but you did something else before. I think you're ready to come work for me. So. I feel like they're similar. They're both doing something. I'm not gonna. It's it's um, great for the greater. It's great for the it's for the greater good. But um, I'm more curious. Uh, harder to get my hands around the AWS piece and and sort of who that's servicing or where those where those employees go. Welcome back, Mike and Dan, continuing the conversation around Starbucks, the five-year anniversary of their program with ASU Online with Melissa Griffith. Melissa, welcome back to Training and Education. Thanks. Glad to be back again. We want to get your take here on a couple of specific topics within this discussion. Uh, Mike brought up with Tarlin in discussion around this topic, the idea of Amazon, which you were on that episode. We discussed the Amazon program for their employees and Starbucks and the macro versus micro credentialing uh, in this topic. Do you have any thoughts around the comparative of Amazon's program that they announced recently and what Starbucks has been doing for the past five years? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, on, on a similar basis, uh, it, it, like, I think I said this on the Amazon episode, so I'll repeat it again with Starbucks, right? Um, I'm a little cynical. I believe it does. These companies do it because it's good for the company, right? And which is good. I think it's fine to do it for the company, like, um, because especially if it's still good for the employee, in which case I think uh, education is always good for the employee. And so this is a good, good thing that Starbucks is doing on the, on the bachelor as the Amazons like train in, train their employees and workforce in AWS is also a good thing. Uh, on, on the differences, I think it's really interesting and time will tell which one of these programs is actually more beneficial. So. Amazon is training. Uh, Amazon is training their employees on uh, learning AWS, which is good for Amazon because it puts that skill set more and more out into the world. Um, and it's good for Amazon because they're going to need more and more of these engineers out there uh, to do this. So that's a good thing for Amazon. Starbucks has taken a much more generalist approach, right? There, which can seem like it's probably more altruistic to them. So they're training their 
their employees, they're get, getting them a bachelor's. And then these employees with that skill set can probably go somewhere else in the world. The, the part that I think time will tell on is uh, where do these Starbucks employees end up after they, after they complete their bachelor's? Are they staying at Starbucks? Are they ended up in, in better jobs that are later helping them um, go forth in, in life? And I think it's too early to tell. I think the program's only been there for five years. I guess I'd hazard a guess that they've only like graduated a handful of classes already. Mm-hmm. Although I guess they could have started um, people at different levels in, in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 5,000 graduated so far and their goal is to get 25,000 uh, bachelor's degrees granted through this program by 2025. Uh, so, uh, and interestingly, it's a, it's a big percentage of, uh, of ASU Online's program too. So like um, it doesn't just make sense for, uh, for Starbucks, it also makes sense for, uh, for ASU Online. Um, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see where it goes. I mean, there's a lot of research that says folks who don't have a bachelor's degree have less earning potential full stop. So the fact that these folks will have a bachelor's degree and if they hadn't had one, um, regardless of how they do within Starbucks, if they decide to leave, they leave with a bachelor's degree. I think that's, that, that is ultimately beneficial. Um, interestingly, and Tarlin talked a little bit about this, but um, there is some stigma associated with an online degree. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts uh, about that, Melissa. I mean, uh, I have, uh, yes, I mean, an online degree uh, an online degree, in my, in my opinion, right now is not ranked the same as a, a regular degree. I think that stigma goes away the more and more people that you, you get that get an online degree and, and advance up in their career. But right now, it for sure is not worth as much as in, in the real world worked quota as a, 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 as a regular degree. Yeah. I, for me, the, the bigger worry I have with this, and we've seen it in a lot of locations, is it's not so much the online degree but what the degree is in, right? Mm-hmm. Like a bachelor's degree today is not worth the same that it was worth 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Forget the online portion of it. It's, it's, it's just not, right? Like people who are graduating with bachelor's degrees are still finding a hard, finding themselves in a situation where they can't find jobs immediately. So mm-hmm. the question is, are we actually training them in the skills that they need, or is it just a, a liberal arts degree or a, a degree that is not very focused, right? Because if you have a liberal arts degree from an online program versus a liberal arts degree from, I, I don't know, Harvard, I'm, I think you're gonna find a hard time finding a job. Mm-hmm. Where like, we, when we talked about the Coursera uh, it, uh, index that like, we were talking about a couple of days ago, skills is the more relevant metric, I think. Uh, going forward, like if these degrees that uh, the students are getting from Starbucks and ASU, if the degrees, are, the skills are based on things that are needed and in high demand, then I think they're going to have a much better trajectory in, in their careers. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting question, too, because there is an opportunity cost around how much time it takes to get the bachelor's degree. And it would be interesting to think through if that same amount of effort and energy was devoted to new skill development, new economy skills development. Um, what would that curriculum look like? Who might be able to deliver that? Um, I think the challenge there is exactly what I'm asking, like who could deliver that? Who can do a custom uh, workforce development program that would be on par with 
what ASU Online has developed around um, the, their bachelor's program. But I think that's a space that's going to be increasingly interesting. It's something we've talked about from a number of different angles. Um, how do you how do you think about the intersection between MOOCs and ongoing uh, workforce development? Um, it feels like you know you know the MOOCs maybe had a peak of inflated expectations uh, early on. They went into this trough of disillusionment, and now the the, the they're rising to that plateau of uh, productivity. By the way, it's almost Gartner hype cycle season, so uh, so you'll, you'll pick up what I'm putting down there. But like it does seem like the MOOCs will have increasing relevance around ongoing workforce development. Yeah, as long as for me, as long as they they focus on the skills, I think it's an interest. Like Amazon is doing something because they are they are going after sought after skill, mm -hmm. and they're training their employees on it. Like uh, arguably, is Starbucks just uh, Starbucks allowing their their employees to do whatever bachelor's program they want to do as long as it's offered by ASU. And the question is, is Starbucks prepared to hire those folks back in higher ranked um, roles than, than they currently are in the barista or not? Because if they're not, that's very telling. Mm -hmm. And, and is, is it possible that a better program would be much more focused on Starbucks doing something with a Coursera that has access to more targeted skills that uh, you can see it are, are better in the, the workforce right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, just the benefit of a liberal arts education in the 21st century is kind of what you're getting at where I think there, there's good arguments to be made on, on both sides, but, uh, yeah, but there's, I, well, just, yeah. I think increasingly there's a counter argument, which is saying the same level of energy and effort could focus more on job relevant skills. And uh, we just don't have the, the bigger institutional energy around developing those programs, although uh, you know that's something that uh, you know I think many of us are anticipating new development happening in that space in the next say five to ten years. Yeah, and I want to be clear: I'm not knocking the liberal arts degree that you and I both have. Yeah, um, Dan, I'm not sure if you have already. I enjoyed my liberal arts career. What I'm saying right now is like we're at a point where we're, we're saying that like there is an opportunity, and I think this is Starbucks's point too, there's an opportunity to, to further advance the, their employees' career goals and, and trajectories in life. And do these folks actually have the luxuries of a liberal arts degree versus a much more targeted skill or retrainment in another field? Mm -hmm. Right. Because like, I, I will I'll go a little further. Like if this is, is going to work, right coal mining companies, like steel companies, like companies where we know we need to retrain, mm -hmm. they should be following simpler models because that's how we, we actually move the, the needle in, in, in a world where the workforce is clearly going to shift. I think in the case of Starbucks, um, the, the risk of baristas' jobs being displaced through automation is less yes. than it is in, say, like coal mining or trucking or or some of the other industries that are being directly disrupted and then also uh starbucks is a big enough organization that um in a way this is a way to identify within their own workforce who will they retain promote and advance so in some ways the folks who don't get into this program are more uh the types of folks that starbucks will ultimately not develop um so i could see like a they, they may even be pursuing more baristas with BAs uh, to begin with. And then uh, 
those people, I think, would likely begin to fill more senior roles within uh, the global organization that is Starbucks. So I think that strategy around their workforce development, um, in some ways, may be driven by the different pressures that a Starbucks is under, you know, basically not having to retrain baristas and figuring out how to develop their, their sort of managers from within versus Amazon, which has a completely different set of challenges where folks who work in their warehouses may not actually have jobs in yeah. like three to five years. So um, it's even more important for them that they're job ready for work outside of Amazon. Um, really interesting space for us to, to continue to, to dig into. Welcome back to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer joined uh, by a uh, friend of the show, contributor. We'll have to figure out the right, uh, the right handle for uh, Frank's contribution here. Frank Jones, uh, thank you for joining us again. Great to be back. Thanks for having me. Uh, always, always a pleasure. Uh, so one of the topics that has been uh, zeitgeisty of late, uh, elevating up uh, to, the, to the national consciousness, the uh, the visionary organization that brought us the five dollar uh, cup of coffee that is now very much part of uh, the the global economy. Um, uh, Starbucks is making a concerted effort to uh, empower and retain its workforce by uh, providing them free access to a bachelor's degree. Interesting article here by Rebecca Koenig in EdSurge covering the topic. Uh, any thoughts from you, Frank, uh, on this? Yeah, I, I think the first thought is that I applaud Starbucks, right? I think, you know, they're often kind of at the butt end of some controversy or mm -hmm. some scandal mm -hmm. every now and then. But I think if you really watch what they stand for and, and kind of how their CEO sets the tone for mm -hmm what their company should should represent. Yep. It's generally all positive, yep. right? Um, so to me, this is just the, the latest um, affirmation of that or example of that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's, I read 3,000 people have received yep. bachelor degrees. Like, come on, that's, that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. You know, um, even the way that they structure their, their management program is, you know, you can start off as a barista and then work your way up to being a store or regional manager. Like they, they've really, taken into account how, I guess, what their corporate responsibility is, not to just their shareholders, but to the to society as a greater whole. And yeah. it seems to be interwoven in, in the fabric of their organization, which is a rare and hard thing to do. You know, the uh, ambitious goals, they're saying they want 25,000 graduates by 2025. So the first mm -hmm. 3,000 yeah, is the beginning of their cohort. Uh, yeah, the uh, the author of this article said it's a venti-sized <laughs> goal. So, uh, so the, it's uh, they're not skimping here. As we look at Starbucks, the other topic that we do want to uh, return to is, uh, you know, a year ago we were covering the extent to which uh, they were investing in uh, diversity training, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, in response to some of the problems they had in their stores. That's right. It does seem as though, um, you know, the, the temperature is dialed down a little bit in terms of the heat that Starbucks is feeling since that first yeah, uh, emerged. It's one of those things that, and I don't want to say it's an isolated incident, right? Because I, I can't say that definitively, but uh, one situation kind of then tarnished an entire organization yep. as if like somehow this was all of Starbucks policy. Right. Um, 
and again, if you look at what Starbucks, you know, if you look at any Forbes list for best employer to work for, they're constantly in the top hundred for yep. diversity and yep. for women and mm-hmm. for uh, equal pay. Like they're constantly on and within the top hundreds in any of those categories. So I would always, you know, we get so uh, sensationalized through yep. headlines and clickbait yep. that we never really go a little further. If people were to look at what Starbucks actually has been doing for the past 15 or 20 years, you would find that they're ultimately doing more good and they're putting more positive energy out into the universe. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so we'll, we'll continue to track Starbucks. We'd love to learn more on the results of that uh, diversity training that they rolled out a year ago that got some press. This is, uh, this is another uh, initiative along similar lines around massive workforce uh, training programs that Starbucks is doing, um, in part for good press, but also in part for just good employee relations, which retains and develops your talent. So uh, I think your point is spot on there, Frank, where uh, effective, relevant organizations in the 21st century will think about ongoing development of their workforce as a real pillar in their strategy and I think that'll be increasingly uh, true as uh, more disruption comes in through automation and AI and sort of new uh, emerging trends around the future of work. So uh, definitely an interesting, uh, interesting space to be watching. And, uh, and thanks again, Frank, uh, for joining. And that's going to do it for this episode of Trending in Education. Special thanks to everyone who made it happen. Mike Palmer, as always. Special guests, Melissa Griffith, Tarlin Ray, and Frank Jones, who you will hear throughout the rest of the year in varying degrees here on Trending in Education. If you want to talk to us, find us on social media, at Trending in Ed on Twitter, the same on Facebook. Find us at trendinginteducation.com. As always, we want to hear from you on this topic and topics you want to hear about. What do you think of what Starbucks has done with ASU Online? And do you think this is a scalable way for education to move forward with public and private partnerships such as this? We want to hear from you, so let us know on social. With that said, thanks as always for listening to Trending in Education. 